This week on the Moves and Stuff show, we talk about Daniel Craig staying as Bond, Netflix playing the blame game, the rise and fall of Devin Faraci, and then we count down the top 10 best horror movie sequels. Stay tuned! Welcome once again to the Movies and Stuff show. We are coming to you live from the suburbs of New Jersey and Missouri. My name is Dan, and joining me is a man who gave up on OBS. <laughs> yes, temporarily. temporarily. Back to XSplit. Yes, uh, OBS was doing the whole, I don't want to play the, uh, the audio from your video again. Back to XSplit. We always come back to, you know. We have to. <laughs> You kind of get the feeling that XSplit like has uh, sabotaged OBS for us somehow. I, I don't know how, I don't know why. Targeting just us. Yes, it's it's uh, Microsoft in the '90s here. OBS is uh, Netscape. Bill Gates coming into your living room and smashing your computer. <laughs> uh, Hi, Marty. Yes, How's I do. I do have Windows 10, so he, you know, Microsoft is in my living room, but. Uh, how's it going? No, not too bad. What's up with you? Not much. Um, I feel like I haven't seen you in a week. <laughs> uh, back to the gin. <clears throat> there you go. Last week, a lot of people couldn't tell. Uh, last week, I uh, I, ha- I had like kind of like a, a pinched nerve in my neck, and I powered through the show. It was pretty brutal. Like I remember, I telling you, like I was I was in so much pain, I could barely move my neck around. And uh, I, I didn't feel like drinking gin last week to numb the pain. So uh, I only drink gin to have fun. So oh. gin is back. So I'm having fun. I was almost going to make a martini in, in, you know, dedication to our topic number one. Which is? If you put it in the right order, hey, it should be. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great segue. Uh, talking about Bond, James Bond. Daniel Craig said he was done with the franchise. He was moving on to what the hell was Daniel Craig going to do? What was he going to? What, what was he going to do? Remember that? Scene? He's going some more that? action films. The other that like Bond esque action films, but not quite James Bond. Is that what he was going to do? Yeah, probably. Or he's just going to pull a Demi Moore and just roll around in money all day. That sounds like a good idea. Wait, what else is he gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying <laughs> it's to just some crappy other fran- like like action franchise. Yeah, maybe so. What did Roger Moore do afterwards? Not a whole lot. He uh, was in that Jean Claude Van Damme movie. I mean, I guess like Connery had a career after Bond. Oh well, yeah, but it, like it was just a bunch of random kind of. Whoa, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just a bunch of randomness in Connery's career after Bond. I'm not saying it was yeah. a bad career. Oh, you just say he has to be attached to a franchise to be any good? I would say for him to be great, he <laughs> has to be attached to a franchise. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, I like Connery. I like Connery post Bond. I think he did some fun stuff. I mean, Highlander is, is really fun. Yes. Fun um, Highlander 2, not so much, but. No, no, no. Uh, but you know, like he did fun stuff. Just wasn't anything. I don't know. Am I missing something? No, Am not I really. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Nobody says, "Oh, I'm going to go see a Pierce Brosnan movie anymore." Right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Marty saying that uh, Daniel Craig was a great stormtrooper. Fair, fair point. <laughs> um, Amanda's asking if she missed anything because she came in, I guess, like a minute late to the show, and. Uh, Robert Maley says she missed everything. Oh, Outlander. Yeah. Very good, Kim. Hmm. Yes. Out, Outland? 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 He said Outland Outland. and Highland. I always thought it was Outlander. Is it Outland? Isn't Outlander the show that uh, oh, yeah. Ronald Moore does? Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't talk about Ronald Moore anymore. <laughs> Why? I like Ronald Moore. He was a great guest. Oh, okay. 
Outland. That's right. It was Outland yeah. from '81 with his uh, infamous costume. Hmm. Pony Boy saying he finally finished Vice Principals. Episode eight was entitled Gin. It was the best episode of the season. He was disappointed with the overall, but check out Gin. I am like four episodes into Vice Principals. I really like it. All right. Um, I'm, I, I think it's really funny. So uh, we'll see how it, it plays out in the end. But um, uh, I'm a I'm a fan of uh, uh, Wal- uh, Walton Goggins. Is that, I think his name is Walton. Walton. It's not Walter. I think it's Walton Goggins. He was in uh, uh, the last couple of uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, was that was that a cowboy? Like kind of the cowboy show, not cowboy show, with the guy that was from a cowboy show. I'm not bailing you out here. I don't know which summit. Is that on FX? Oh, the Sons of Anarchy, Justified. Justified. He was unjustified. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Talia Price is saying Daniel Craig is, is great as Bond. However, I think he needs to move on and do a really good comedy. He has the range. He needs to move on and do something. But no, he's he's a, he's he. It seems that he's he's back. It seems like he's back as Bond. He's going to take the money. And I mean, is there any fucking surprise here? Like they were literally offering him so much goddamn money. For two movies, because they're clueless of what to do with Bond, they're in. I mean, they have no clue what to do with Bond right now. So their only tactic is to stall by doing two more Bond movies with with, with Craig. That's all they can do at this point because they they can't think of outside. Like, I I don't know. The Bond franchise to me is. I've never. I, I'm not a huge Bond fan. I don't think it's been a great overall franchise. It's it's had some really great highs, but I also think the lows, like the misses, were way too many. As opposed to any other franchise we could pick out of a hat? I don't think so. I don't think it's average is any worse than any other franchise out there. I have to, I mean, to be honest. Star Wars? I'm, see, I'm not of the... I have not been altered in my perceptions. One, two, and three, terrible. <laughs> Still, to this day, you people that are rewriting history and saying the prequels are good, you're so full of shit. Leaving Phantom Menace was like leaving a funeral afterwards. Nobody said a good goddamn thing about that movie. It was only after you watched it 15 fucking times that you were like, oh, no, I guess I can see what he was trying to do here. It's actually pretty clever. No, that shit doesn't hold water. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. You people really piss me off sometimes. Where's Marty? Where's Marty? He's Marty's Mar- Mar- when when he catches up to the show. Yeah, right. I'm sure yes. he'll have some comments. Um, He's flying to Kansas City right now. <laughs> Talia also saying it's being a dead horse. He's going to end up like Roger Moore, and he's almost fifty. It's funny, is yeah. uh, thinking about that. He's almost fifty. The last night I caught like fifteen minutes or so of Casino Royale because uh, I'm a I'm a fan of like two thirds of that film, right? I think Casino Royale's well, two thirds of it's great. Three fourths of it, I think you would say. <laughs> okay, three fourths, something like that. Like it, the the fourth act really should have been. Anyway, I was looking at it. I was like, man, Daniel Craig looks so young. Not so much anymore. No, the age is catching up to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. He took the money. He, he and yeah. yeah. As Robert Maley says, a big dump truck full of money. I'm sure. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Marty says, I don't know why you try and hurt me. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean Craig Cash is in I, I don't think there's any surprise there. No, 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 none. Speaking of, of money in the movies. Oh, segue. I kind of a segue. Let's talk about Netflix. Alright. The CEO of Netflix, his name is Reed Hastings. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a bad porn name. Like really. You think so? Reed, Reed Hastings. Hastings. I could see him as a an evil rich guy in a comedy. That too. We'll yeah. take that. Yes. Reed Hastings. He's, he's he said that <laughs> Muffy's. You know, where she's playing tennis or something out back with the tennis instructor. And Reed Hastings. He's, he's got to have like the little sweater. Yeah. Right? The, the Carlton sweater. Yes. Tied around. Yes. Um, Reed Hastings. Hmm. Not badass enough to have a monocle. 
not that good no, of, you, a, of, you, of a rich villain, but... No. You've got to have a, a more European name than that. An old world European name. Reed O. Hastings? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll work perfectly, Dan. Let's move on. <laughs> Apparently, Reed Hastings said that theater owners are strangling... The, the movie business by not embracing the dual releases of films, you know, both in theaters and online in, in a service such as Netflix. Cool. And I have been a huge proponent of this for a while now. I want there to be dual releases like this. I think it would be great for the industry. I think it'd be great for films to be, you know, I think they can still make their money. It doesn't matter. I think there's a price point there. I think you can do same weekend release for like $50 and people would still pay it just so they don't have to go to the movies. They can have four people like watching the movie at their house and it makes it economically worth it for them for both, for both parties, right? Um, I, I'm a huge fan of this, but I don't know, man. There's just, maybe it's the way that Reed Hastings phrased it. It's just rubbing me the wrong way for some reason. Am, am I am I reading into this too much? What do you think of like what he had to say about this? I thought it was really interesting because there, I don't think there's a chance in hell Netflix is going to pony up this kind of money to get these movies. I think they're 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 playing. They're I mean they're they're showing us their cards. They don't really have an interest in in getting movies. Man, I was I scrolling through that new release section is a graveyard. Just a graveyard on Netflix. It's pathetic. So, I mean, if I'm Reed, I shut the hell up because if you don't, maybe this actually comes true and then Amazon's going to jump in front of you and get all these movies because Amazon is, seems to be the one that actually wants to show movies. Maybe even Hulu, too. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Hulu doesn't have the deep pockets that Netflix does, but... But I mean, Amazon, Amazon has more money than uh, right. every other company. It's up for like two in the world. I mean, <laughs> and, and they seem to be, they seem to want movies on their, on their service. Yeah. Yeah. And if they, if they could get the new releases, they, they would jump on it. I mean, honestly, it's almost as if Netflix is trying to uh, predict a death knell for themselves by, I mean, at this point, Netflix should just kind of like not say anything because they're not prepared to jump into this game where, where Amazon is and Amazon could just take over the entire market from them. If, if, if they were able to get all the big releases, it's just corner that and Netflix can't afford that stuff. No, it, it, I, I think the same thing. I don't see, I mean, I see what Netflix is trying to do. They're going after the original programming. They're trying to be the new HBO, which begs the question. Yeah. If theaters, should be uh, requiring uh, new releases to be on online streaming. Then would any original Netflix materials be required to be in theaters? How so? Like, I'm not quite understanding. I'm point. just saying if, if Netflix is complaining yeah. that all new release movies should be available on Netflix, should then all Netflix content be available in movie theaters at the same day that it's released on Netflix. Well, that's an interesting option I, or question, I guess. Um, Netflix, Netflix produces their own, uh, you know, content. These theater right. owners are literally the middleman between us and the studios. Sure. So, I mean, I, I don't know that that question holds up. I mean, Netflix, if they actually want to be nominated for an Academy Award for any of their material, has to get it to the theater. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if 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 that was the if that was the trade off. If if Netflix would would send their stuff like because a, the big the big thing about Netflix is the fact is you get you can just like binge watch these entire shows as soon as they come out. Like there's no there's no waiting period. There's, you just get everything all at once. Now, if there were some kind of conditions where you had to then, you know, I, I'm not even talking about the movies per se because it's not like Netflix is making like a ton of these great films at this point. Mm -hmm. But imagine it's just like well. You know, for every new episode of Orange is the New Black, it has to release in theaters, and you can only do it one at a weekend, like at a time, and release. You know, I just wondering if they've, if they're thinking of it from that point of view of the theaters have this is what their income is. Yeah, right. this is what the theaters do. It's not like Netflix has something else that they can fall back on and make money right. on. Well, yeah, I agree. so I don't know yeah. why Netflix is just like. You know, complaining about this and now well, that they, said they, i i agree yeah right yeah i mean i agree with it too 
But I mean, no, you're right and you're wrong about the theaters in that the theaters are mostly a, wrong. Yeah, well, you're they're <laughs> they're uh, they're a service to sell you popcorn and seven dollar candy. The movies have nothing to do with it. Right, that's what they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm burn them down. <laughs> that's my thought. Get rid of the movie theaters. Just go straight to streaming. Or hell, AMC. I'm going to sell you a million dollar idea. I'll pay you twenty dollars a movie ticket if I can stream the movie and you know and and the, and or go to the, go to the theater. I'll pay See, Amanda. Uh, Amanda's saying though that she would absolutely go to a movie theater to binge watch Stranger Things or the Marvel stuff. Wow, that's a lot of sitting in a movie theater seat. Well, that's you cool. Would. Maybe there's Stranger Things. Uh, I got bored. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Everyone loves it. I, didn't, I, didn't. Nah, I got bored. I mean, I'll watch it like three years from now. I just didn't have time. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, I'll watch it when I, when, <laughs> 10 years when I finally got around to watching like Deadwood and Carnival. <laughs> I'll get around to watching other shows like a decade from now. That's kind of how I feel about West Westworld. Oh, no, you got to watch Westworld. I will when it's when it's yeah. no 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 now yeah, no 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 I'm not jumping no, in no no I'm not jumping into another JJ series no 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 I got it, watch it now. fool me once shame on uh, shame on you here's the thing it's produced by JJ right it's got just got his bad robot name on it yeah. but it's Jonathan Nolan and I can't remember the, uh, the his writing and directing partner's name um, I can't remember her name. But it's them, and, and, and they've plotted out five seasons worth of material already. So there's a direction for five seasons. So you know for at least five seasons that there's a, a course that they're going to follow. Now, if it's a huge success in season like four, that's when you get worried. Because <laughs> Exactly. That's when you get worried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you know, I, I watched a show where it said the Cylons had a plan, and we were assured that, you know, no, this is going somewhere. We know where this is going. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. I watched that last season of Battlestar Galactica. I don't believe that shit they sell they, they, anymore. <laughs> if a showrunner says, oh, no, we got it all mapped out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, the funny thing is, like, Breaking Bad didn't have it all mapped out. No. They, they, were, they were kind of creating as they were going. And uh, I think overall they pulled it off really well, like, for, for doing it on the fly, you know, without having a master plan. Okay. I, I've, I, no, you disagree. What? No, I, I'm fine. I'm just, I don't, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not jumping in yet. It's a little early for me to jump into a series. I'm I'm, no, I'm talking about Breaking Bad though. I'm talking about Breaking Bad. I kind of missed the middle part of it. Uh, it's right. a lot of TV watching. I have to commit to hey, a movies. You know, two hours you're done. A TV show. That's, that's good a, thing. That's good thing with our show is not called TV and stuff. It, it's really good. <laughs> Uh, last topic here. Oh boy. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I can't, you can't make a joke about it. Perfect. You can't make a joke about this. It's, it's straight out of the, the box of surprised, not surprised here. Mm. You know, um, I guess we'll refer to him as former online film reviewer. And social justice warrior, Devin Faraci. Mm-hmm. He was accused of sexually assaulting a woman. The incident uh, apparently happened at a bar 12 years ago, in 2004. And Faraci did not deny the assault. And he initially said that he didn't remember. But if he did it, and, it, and he's basically saying, I have to trust that I did this since the woman brought it up. And that he's sorry. Uh, Faraci has since quit. But the speculation is that he was forced out from his role uh, at birth. Birth movies death. Movies death. Yes. Right. Yes. Formerly known as Badass Digest. Yes. I, I I actually uh, I want to read they the Hollywood Reporter did an interview with the woman who it leveled the claim against Farachi. So I do want to read some of that, but. Um, just your initial reactions to all of this, knowing Farachi's personality and, and kind of his online persona, like how, how do you take all of this? This is the, uh, yeah, it's just hard to understand how to take it exactly. 
your initial, I mean, okay, for me personally, my initial reaction was a bit of like, uh, oh, fuck you. It, it, you, you. I mean, it's just, you know, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. He has gone after, he has insulted, he has even tiptoed around threatening so many people. He has attacked so many people. And for this to come out, it, my initial reaction was, you know, laughing at him. Ha <laughs> ha, you know, they finally got him. It was feeling good that he was being taken down. But then you start to realize why he's being taken down. He's got this sexual assault against one woman that we know of right now. More is coming out now that this guy might be a serial uh, abuser of women. And right. and the the implications in these comments that these women are making indicate that pff, this was a very bad kept secret. A lot of people knew about this. So a lot of people helped enable Devin's behavior. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, you know. You sometimes when you think of extremists, I want to I want to call Devin Faraci an extremist. You would right? or would he, not? He, I would. Yeah, I, I, would. I will call him an extremist. He is an extremist, and most of the times with extremists, more times than not, it's for them to cover up the fact that they are actually opposite. Of what they're being extreme for. Yeah, it does seem right? that way. Yeah. So here he is. He's he's Mr. Uh, women's rights, Mr. Social Justice Warrior in regards to um, any, anything to do with film, anything to do oh, video games, anime. Video games, yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, picking up the torch. And he almost, did, to me, he almost did it in a condescending way. It's like, well, women are precious. And we just need to protect them and fight for their rights because no one else is going to do it so i i have to do it that's always how he came off to me i never i never found it genuine at all i i've 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 been on the show before and i've talked about farachi and and how much i dislike him as a human being mm -hmm. as, as i think he's terrible as a, a film reviewer as well i think uh i, I can't find any value in his work Maybe it's because I, I am blinded by this hatred of his personality. Um, I think he screwed over so many people. I, I genuinely like Nick Nunziata. Uh, he, did, uh, he did screw him over. There's no doubt about that. He screwed over Nunziata badly yeah. and uh, left left that site and left, you know, personally, I'm sure, Nunziata in, in such disarray and has, has created this career for himself. And it's it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit, and we all suspected it was bullshit. And it sucks that this is the way that it was proven that it was bullshit. Yeah, I wish it was uh, some other way. I mean, I just wish he was not hurting other people. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, I, okay. I'm going to defend him, I guess, a little bit right here. I think he's a hell of a writer. I think he's good. I think he gets his points across quite well. Uh, I don't like his writings and I freely admit that's probably because I have a, a, a prejudice against him, but I do think he's a, a very good writer. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, in the scheme of things for being an online reviewer. If you're comparing him with, uh, the, the great red giant over at, uh, ain't it cool? Yeah. He's fucking Shakespeare. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I okay. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of the uh, interview from. Uh, Go for it. This is this is. Uh, I believe her name is Caroline, and she's 33 years old. She's a nonprofit worker living in New York City. Uh, Tim League, who is the owner of uh, uh, the Almost uh, Draft House, right? right? And, Draft yeah. House. And, and and Birth Movies Death. Okay, yeah. so Tim Tim League reached out to her after the allegations came out. And they had a really good conversation that left her feeling like she, under, you know, that he understood the situation, was interested in helping Devin. I'm really happy that Tim League took this seriously, and that Devin is interested in getting treatment. Hold on to that one. We'll talk about that in a second. I've let them know that I'm available for any accountability processing that might be part of his rehabilitation. The incident dates back to 2004 when Caroline and Faraci, uh, who grew up in New York, were part of the same group of friends living and socializing in the East Village. Um, the incident in question, Farachi was tipsy, Caroline says. 
I'm going to talk about that in a second as well. But far from obliterated, I liked him and thought he was funny, uh, adding that he was well aware that she was a lesbian and not interested sexually in men. We were dancing, and he stuck his hand down my pants. Very blatantly on the dance floor, I said, stop. He did it again. I kind of didn't know what to do. I stopped him again and pushed him away. Uh, it goes on and on and on about that. I'm, I'm going to kind of stop it right there because there's more details that I just, you know, uh, you re- read it. Uh, Hollywood Reporter got a really good interview there. Uh, check it out. Uh, one is he was tipsy, right? Uh, that's, that's what she was saying. Uh, there's been stuff that's come out lately in the last couple of days since this is service that says that Farachi has uh, been a blackout drunk before that he is, he has been a binge drinking kind of guy that, that blacks out while and does stuff while, while, you know, blacked out essentially he has no idea what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't excuse any of these actions. I'm just saying that, uh, there might be other stuff out there that he just isn't even aware of that he's done. Right. Well, yeah, I would believe there might be stuff out there that he's not aware of. Yeah, right. So I believe there might be stuff out there he's very that, aware that of. he is aware of. Right. Absolutely, I'm just saying that on top of all that, there might even be some stuff that he's not aware of. So if his initial reaction was, "I don't remember," but I choose to believe you, it could be one of those things where he just he doesn't he's done this multiple times, and there's times that he's been blackout drunk and can't remember it. Right. So I think he's he's kind of like looking in the mirror at himself and saying, "Yeah." Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's definitely. There's, yeah, he's probably done it in the past, and he can't refute it. Um, the other, the other part I want to talk about is uh, rehabilitation. I think his statement after he quit was something along the lines that he's going to take some time to reflect and 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 become a better, better person, person. Or, right? Uh, everyone becomes a better person after doing something like that. I guess. Oh yeah, when everybody's caught, you become a better person. Right. Uh, rehabilitation. It reminds me of. Do you remember uh, Tiger Woods? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely recall the name. Uh, when that whole incident with his ex-wife, and he found out that he was just having sex with like porn stars and prostitutes, pretty and much a everybody, sex addict. Yeah, he went into rehabilitation, and, and there is a sex addict uh, rehabilitation place, right, at a rehab clinic, and he was part of this, and I think it was Vice. Published a story of another guy that went to that same facility, not not when Tiger was there, mm-hmm. and he's explaining part of the process. And part of the process is embarrassment treatment. And I found this to be fascinating. Is they call in like loved ones, like your mom, and you have to, to her face, explain <laughs> all the horrible things that you've done, of why you're in rehab. So if you're a porn addict, explaining the types, the amount. You know, graphically to your loved ones. And that's part of the therapy is embarrassment therapy. Mm-hmm. Do you think, A, something like that would work? And B, is, is that is that going to be something that Farachi's going to do, you think? Oh, I don't believe so. I don't believe he's going for any therapy. Uh, I think that actually might work. Yeah, if you can be shamed enough, embarrassed enough, maybe you would stop. I don't know if that's a healthy uh, way to deal with your addictions, but... It, it it's on the table, I suppose. If you, if you, I mean, maybe the if the behavior is so extreme that causing you to stop by any means necessary would be beneficial, I suppose that that would work. Um, but I don't I I don't think he's going to do this. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell. I honestly, given his online persona, I don't know the man personally. I just know his online persona. I don't see him ever backing down. I don't see him ever admitting defeat or being wrong about anything. What do you think the future for Farachi is at this point, though? Man, I honestly don't know. He's uh, toxic. I don't think anybody can touch him. Maybe if he goes through the rehab and everything like that, he can try and present himself as a a new and improved Devin. But uh, sites are going to take a lot of hate for employing him. Mm -hmm. And I'm current. I'm still wondering, uh, how much hate should actually go at Birth Movies Death and the Alamo Draft House for for employing him this long? All right. The, the stuff coming out, like I said, this who was aware of this? When? The stuff coming out makes it seem like a lot of people knew about this. A lot yeah. of people around him knew about this. I, this this is a point that a commenter just made. Uh, Will Stevenson says Farachi was always a jerk, but since film Twitter is uh, such a click, he was always protected. 
Yeah. If Tim, I agree. If Tim League knew about this, then he should not be uh, the CEO of the company anymore, and I would encourage people not to go to Alamo Drafthouse ever again. I mean, finally, Devin Farage. Oh, well, wait, wait, hey, I saw what you did there. You hate Alamo Drafthouse. Oh, I was thinking, finally, that he's gone. <laughs> I could go to an Alamo Drafthouse again. Now okay. I'm wondering, can I ever go there? Do they right. encourage a, you know, a, a serial abuser? Did they not encourage? Did they enable a serial abuser to keep yeah. abusing? Right. I don't know. We'll find out. The truth will hopefully come out. So some comments. Also, uh, Marty saying the Tiger hasn't won a major since. Fair point. Maybe yeah. he should have uh, kept the, his prostitute. And we, call it the Mike, we call it the Michael Jordan activity. <laughs> uh, Marty also says that Jay Mariotti never got a major job again. Similar level douche. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about Jay Mariotti in general. It's a name from like a decade ago, that's, it seems. Yeah, that's the past. Yeah, I don't even think I don't even think Harry, who would do anything for money, would even touch Devin Ferrazzi right now. Ooh, that might be a good bet. I mean, right now, no. No. Three months down the road? I think so. <laughs> oh god, I hope you're wrong. Me too. I think I love taking bets, but I'm not touching that one. I think we've milked the stuff for all that it's worth <sighs> this week. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about our main topic. Uh, we're going to do uh, some good horror sequels. I actually found this list to be hard to do. Surprisingly, there are some really good horror sequels out there. So we're going to count down our top ten. Uh, we'll turn the show over to some of our friends. I guess we got two, two, two. videos. Yeah, two. Just two this week. Supposed to have three, not two. Yeah. See, that's why, that's why we were able to go stuff a little bit longer this week. Because we only got the two we videos. Were stuffing our stuff. Yes. Uh, but we'll do our picks. Uh, I'll start off with mine. My number five. Your number five. There you go. Halloween three. Not Halloween two. Halloween three. Hmm. I love this movie. I think we were talking about it uh, last week. Yes, you do love this movie. <laughs> I, I I know it's not a true sequel if you will it really should not have been a halloween film but man it's a blast i find this film so much fun you're not a fan oh it's okay it's okay i i honestly i'm a I'm more of a fan of the other halloween movies to be honest well maybe maybe not uh maybe not uh h2o not h2o yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> But no, no I, I actually kind of like the Michael Myers mythology. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I, I again, yeah. uh, I wanted I wanted to put this up here because I, I wanted to officially give it some what I feel to be uh, well-deserved respect. It's a very, very fun uh, film. And uh, it's it's not Halloween. It should have been something else. It should have been its own. It yes. shouldn't have been a sequel. Yes. It, it should have been something. It was really cashing in on the name. Yeah. Man, I can appreciate that. They wanted to turn it into a horror anthology. Then you shouldn't have done Halloween 2. <laughs> it's too late. You can't un you can't put the genie back in the bottle. That's right. That's right. So, but it is my, good. I don't want to be down on it. It's good. Yeah. It's my number five. All right. What I you? don't know your list, by the way. You I didn't did, tell me. I didn't know my list for a while. I know I'm going to take some shit for this. Final Destination 5. We had a debate show last Thursday. Five. Yeah, I actually do kind of like 5. <laughs> I like them all. No, I, th yeah. I think uh, last week, uh, was it the debate show? Or, yeah, it was the debate show. I was commenting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Final Destination films. Mich and Michelle said, our guest at the time said, the Final Destination is probably the most fun franchise, horror franchise, I should say. And I tend to agree with her. It is a lot, a lot of fun. And five had some fun kills and it really had that clever little, okay. The acting's bad. I'll give you that real quick, but <laughs> it did have that a little, that clever twist at the end where, you know, it's actually a prequel. So maybe it's, yeah. a, maybe yeah. it's a cheat. I don't know. I like that. I liked it. Yeah. It, I agree. I, I like it though. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I don't, there's not a whole lot you can say about it. It's, it's a Rube Goldberg to kill people. That's all it is. Just these horrible little things go wrong. People die. It's so much fun. I could have picked any of them. Well, maybe not two, but I could have picked any of them. Italia is, Italia is asking, uh, is this the roller coaster one? 
That's three. That's three, right? Yeah. I this is the, this is the this is the bridge one. Yeah. Yeah. That leads to the plane. At the very end. Oh, spoilers. Right. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil here, but I, none of the Saw films made my list. But I like the Saw franchise. I also put that as one of the fun horror franchises. Not one of the best, but one of the more fun ones. And, uh, oh, see, Marty, Marty's asking if Final Destination is really horror. I don't know. I think so. I think it has horror elements. Look, and I'm not going to take guff from anybody who doesn't you know, necessarily like horror there, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm cool with you. i'm cool with this uh this, this yeah pick, but, yeah all right you but, ready yeah yeah um we were actually gonna do okay i'm sorry i said you said yeah 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 i thought you meant you were i ready. am oh, i okay. am ready no 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 oh, okay. uh to to pull the curtain back again like we do every so often before we were a web show we were also a podcast and we did a lot of episodes as a podcast and we've redone some of those episodes as the web show. And we were talking about one of the old podcasts we did was on the Devil's Rejects. And we were talking about it. It was like, should we redo this? And we decided not to. But we already have hashtag Synergy, our interview with Sid Haig that we did for this episode. It's already on YouTube, so check this out. Devil's Rejects, so, so good especially when you compare it to the House of a Thousand Corpses, the first film that this follows up. It, yeah, it definitely is one of those sequels that is better than the original. And it just, it it stands on its own. It doesn't need the nope. first film at all. Yeah, it, and you kind of wonder some things. <laughs> like, where's, it, where's Dr. Satan? Things like that. Yeah, it, it makes a couple of callbacks to it, but it stands on its own. Right. It's it's a sequel, not sequel, but it's it, it's officially a sequel, so I'm going to put it on my list. No, I, it counts. It counts. Um, Will Stevenson saying, the problem with horror franchises is that the premise gets exhausted quickly. I don't know. I mean, I agree for the most part. The premise does get exhausted quickly. Um but I do think that there's some franchises that the, the premise kind of uh, evolves, if you will. Yeah, or devolves. <laughs> oh no, no, most of them devolve. But I do think that there's 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 a few that the premise. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll get to that with my number three. Oh, I okay. feel, and and the evolution of of of, of that franchise, if you will. Um, anyway, uh, Devil's Rejects. I think it's. It's, it's it's probably the the best Rob Zombie film I've seen. It's up there. It's absolutely up there. Yeah, I I haven't seen them all. I haven't seen uh, Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. I haven't yeah. seen that. Uh, so I would have to say that Devil's Rejects is, is probably the best Rob Zombie film that I've seen. It's one where it's not that he had restraint. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's definitely not the word I want to use. Uh, but there was a conscious effort on his part to not go absurdly over the top to incoherence, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does after seeing <laughs> I, 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 I feel that uh, 31 we just watched or House of a Thousand Corpses, it was – they're just so incoherent, so inconsistent, so uh, much of a, a mess and a hodgepodge. Where's Devil's Rejects? I feel told a straight narrative and and stayed on focus <laughs> of this narrative and did all of the over-the-top stuff within the confines of this singular narrative, and it worked. Oh, it did. It did absolutely work. That's my number four. All right. Let's see. Saw 6, man. Saw 6. At some point, and I, don't, I, I can't tell you exactly when, I think it's around four or so, Saw became a straight-up horror soap opera. Love it. And I, yeah, I had so much fun. But by the time Saw 6 rolls around, you're either in or you're out. And they don't even care uh, if, you, if you know what's going on or not because it just jumps right in and just starts just, just going, just continuing right with the storyline. You find out the old partner's not dead, things like that. It just... 
it literally is a soap opera and it's so great because of that a horror soap opera love it and you can tell their budget was slashed a little bit but it doesn't seem to hurt it that much first saw budget was nothing yeah it's got a small feel to it there's no lie it doesn't have this big uh, uh kind of epic scope to it at all but it doesn't hurt it at all and I really enjoy it. it I, this was another one where I could have picked, you know, four, four five, six. Not not three D. Not three D. Two two was two was good, yeah, but I, I I would put four. I would yeah. put four, five, six over over two and three. I, yeah. I like two though. Two was fun. It was, but I would definitely put the later ones over uh, the earlier sequels. I, I think I feel the same way. And like I said, yeah. I mean, come on. It's a, it's a horror soap opera. What else do you need? It's, it's something that should be on TV. We need a horror soap opera. I'd probably say opera. four might be, other than uh, one is, is definitely my favorite. I think one oh, yeah. is still oh, yeah. uh, still really good. But four, I think four is probably uh, after after one, I think, I think, but four. Yeah. They're, I mean, they all kind of blend together. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to sit around this morning thinking – what exactly happened in four or six or five? I'm trying to, it was a little hard to remember because you're right. I mean, that one long narrative kind of makes you forget what, what happens when Robert Melee has never seen a saw film and is asking if he is lame. Well, if you have to ask, I think that answers the question for you. <laughs> I got nothing more to talk about. Saw. it's good stuff. Number three. Okay. The Evil Dead franchise, I feel, especially now, has shown that a horror franchise can have legs and evolve from what it originally was to become something totally different. The original Evil Dead was a straight up kind of like terrorizing, awful horror film. Mm -hmm. I mean, I liked it. I'm not saying that was awful. I was just like gruesome, just like brutal. Evil Dead 2 is technically a remake of Evil Dead 1, only adding comedy elements. Like, well, let's call it what it is. It's essentially a remake. Yeah. You know, I, I should have probably put Army of Darkness because Army of Darkness is technically the sequel to Evil Dead 2. Right? Mm-hmm. But the evolution of Evil Dead 1 to Evil Dead 2 Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness. I'm going to skip the Evil Dead remake, of course. But from Army of Darkness to what they're doing now on Ash versus the Evil Dead. I mean, you're talking, uh, yeah, this is over 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it took a while. It took a big break from being able to do this. But the evolution to what it is now is fascinating. And I think they did it the right way. And I think Ash vs. the Evil Dead is exactly what this this franchise needs. I don't think they needed another movie. I'm glad that they didn't do Evil Dead 4 like they were planning to. This series is what this franchise needs. And it's perfect uh, to, to honor the legacy of Evil Dead 2 and, and Army of Darkness. And to just give fun into a horror franchise. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this one. It's a good pick. Um, it's uh, one of the best horror comedies ever made. And you know, Army of Darkness is more, I would say, a comedy comedy. It is. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the horror comedy. Yeah. yeah. And I do find it interesting that this version of Ash no longer exists after Army of Darkness. It's that version of Ash, Ash that exists. Mm-hmm. The wisecracking egomaniac. Not the mm-hmm. dude that's just trying to freaking survive the night. Right. Yeah. Very but, I mean, uh, you know, it, again, I think it works for this. Fr- I think it works for Bruce Campbell. I think this is the kind of guy that he is in real life. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I think uh, even even the non evil dead stuff that he's done. Uh, so much fun. Bubba Hotep. <laughs> I never Where, watched. Bur- I never watched Burn Notice. Was that any good? I I've seen. Uh, I have a love-hate affair with Burn Notice. I love him on it, though. I do. Okay. I love him on it. Um, it's just funny, too, because we were just talking about Don Cascarelli the other day because there's a new Phantasm movie that's out, Ravager. Mm. And you were saying that you've 
Never I, seen the Phantasm, any of them, right? That's one of the only horror franchises I've never yeah. seen. Yeah. And uh, Coscarelli wrote Bubba Hotep. And I think he directed it, too. He might oh, have really? Directed. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He directed it. It was written uh, by the guy that does Happen Leonard. Lansdale? Lansdale okay. uh, wrote Bubba Hotep. Oh, that's And funny. Uh, Coscarelli directed it. Yeah. Hmm. I had no idea. Bruce Campbell's in it. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a history lesson. Uh, Evil Ode 2. So much fun. Love it. All right. My number three. My number three. Bride of Chucky, baby. Dude. Awesome. Bravo. See, here's the thing is I can never really surprise you with my picks because I have to send you my picks <laughs> to, to actually include into uh, the, the frame. You yeah. actually build the show around you know my picks. I'm glad that I didn't know your picks because this is great. I'm I feel like I'm being so surprised. This is a hell of a pick. I, I don't have near enough Jennifer Tilly in any of my lists. So I'm just going <laughs> to say that right now. <laughs> I need to rectify this situation immediately. Yeah. Uh, but aside from Jennifer Tilly's um, engaging, we could probably get her on, right? I don't know. She's playing poker all the time. I don't know. Let's, try, let's get Tilly on. Yeah. All right. Um, but aside from that, it's actually a straight-up good movie. It's really, you know, uh, this was the fourth, right? Was it the fourth? I thought it was the fifth. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was the fourth. Okay, it was yeah. fourth. It was fourth. Yep. Right. Um, it was the fourth one, and they took it in a completely different direction, made it a little more comedic. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, <laughs> a a lot, lot more. A lot more. I mean, uh, the, the Chucky movies always had that sense of comedy to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, because Tom Holland. It, it, he's, he's a funny guy, yeah. You know he's a, he's a funny guy. Um, Talia uh, saying that oh my god, lol! I saw Bride of Chucky, and I have to say for me it was more of a comedy, not a horror, all because of Jennifer Tilly. Uh, yeah, I mean I do think it's more of a comedy than a horror, but in in general it's part of a horror franchise, and I think Tom Holland's uh, influence on the franchise as a whole is can be seen because he is a funny guy. Hashtag synergy. We interviewed him. You can watch it on this channel. There you go. Way to do it. But no, it it is more comedic than it is scary. There's no doubt about it, but I appreciate it so much. Maybe comedy needs a little bit more gore (laughs) to keep me engaged these days. Because uh, modern comedies certainly don't do it. So Talia says that we have a good chance of getting uh, Tilly on our show. Okay. I think so. Have we ever tried? Did you ever try that? No, I've never tried. We should try. I'm a little, I'm a little intimidated. Yeah, to that, that, that uh, you know, that's the big time in my mind. Oh, really? I saw, I'm I to saw I'm Bound trying. so many times. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the other guests that we've had on to, that should have probably intimidated you, but but uh, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, none comes to mind. <laughs> There should be well, at least one, two. We we've talked to an ex-porn star, didn't we? No, that wasn't me. Yeah, you oh, did. Oh no, okay. I was thinking of the other one, the other you porn the star other you talked to. You talked to. <laughs> yes, man. Okay, but with her, with uh, Tracy Lords, you didn't have to be nervous at all. She just took over the show. I could have gone. She's great. I could have gone taking a nap. She was a great, great interview. Mm-hmm. Hashtag synergy. See it on this mm-hmm. channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number two, I think uh, Tarmac, our buddy Sean, would be proud about this one. He would right? be. He would be. Dawn of the Dead. I feel that Dawn of the Dead is the best of the the sequels of uh, in the series. A best of uh, it's not the best of the series, but it's the best of the sequels in the series. If that makes any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah uh, I love you're this right. One. Yeah, yeah, I love this one. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a certain element of there is a certain element of humor to it, uh, but I, the horror aspects of it, the the you know the claustrophobia, if you will, the end of the world of being trapped in this one location, <laughs> the mall of all places. the mall, yes. uh, and and being from Jersey, like we're very you know we're very mall people here yes. in Jersey. It's it, it, yeah, kind of hit close to home here. It's like, man, <laughs> I literally could be stuck in a mall. Like, I've actually had had thoughts of if the zombie outbreak were to happen, you, know, you try to lock yourself into a place like a Target or a Walmart, right? Yeah. A place that you have like 
everything you could possibly need. Probably like a Walmart in Virginia because you also have ammunition in there. Um, but I digress. Uh, but a mall would be one of those places that if you had to like – you probably survive a while in a mall. You got a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I like it, it, uh, it taught us our most important lesson, one that every fucking zombie movie followed afterwards. The true enemy is man. That's true. Yeah, every damn zombie movie after that. I, I'm a big fan of the remake, too. Uh, with uh, Snyder? Snyder, mm-hmm. yeah. It was good. I like, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was back in the day when people didn't know they were supposed to hate Snyder. That's right. I'm already hashtag Jersey Strong. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> people, people, uh, people just didn't realize at the time that no. this was going to be the guy that they were going to grow to hate. No, people like Devin Ferrassi weren't reporting on what books they were reading and why you should hate them. Oh man, uh, there was a, there was actually a comment that we skipped over before about Farachi, uh, but now that you brought it up, um, as Will Stevenson again, a lot of critics who are very vocal on social issues were silent for the most part when Farachi was exposed. So yeah, um, that shows where their you know exactly where their yeah. morality lies. Yeah. Well, the true anyway. the true enemy is film critics. That's right. That's my number okay, two. Okay, 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 okay. I know this is an odd pick. <laughs> But this comes from somewhere. First off, it was too big to fit in the frame. Just too big. Nightmare <laughs> okay. on the street. All right. Yeah. Okay. The other day, Stefan and I were talking about room two, th- uh, yeah, room two three seven, and okay. all the ridiculous pe- uh, symbolism people apply to that movie. You know, the paper trays of penis. It's really a, it's really a hidden uh, metaphor for the moon landing. And Stefan asked me point blank, "What's a good movie? What's what's a good example of symbolism that helps support the story?" It's Nightmare on Elm Street two. The symbolism, the undercurrent of a young boy <laughs> dealing with being a homosexual. Very, very interesting in this whole movie. The nightmares uh, with Freddy, the nightmares, uh, not even a nightmare, the actual living hell of having an s uh, PE teacher who might be your really the only other gay person you know. Mm. There's a lot of interesting subtext going on in here. And... Honest to God, it's not even really that much of subtext. It's it's no, pretty, no, no, no. It's, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. It's playing on a big theme that was kind of was not talked about uh, in those days. Really, yeah. yeah. It was uh, the '80s. Uh, kind of, uh, it started to, uh, I won't say, you know, address. I guess address would. Be, it started to, but in the same way that it was addressing it, it was also trying to sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that uh, well, I mean, truth be told, I'm a fan of the you know Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in general. Uh, there's there's definitely some misses. Um, there's definitely they they probably went a little too silly with the the Freddy Krueger role when they sh- didn't need to. Like I think there was such a great balance in the in the first couple between his humor and his just ultimate like. Yeah, when they started giving like playing with Nintendo power, and you know, yeah, yeah, inside the yeah, video yeah, game, yeah. when he's flying in on his the broom, I'm gonna get you. You know, when yeah. when they started making it like slapstick, Freddy. Yeah, I get it. Robert Englund probably wanted to, you know, if he was gonna be this role, if he's gonna be typecast in this role, he wanted to branch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, I'm a fan of uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, so. Um, I, I'm I'm good with your pick here. Yeah, I, I just I do find it interesting because it's tonally so different from the rest of the franchise. It really sticks yeah. out all by itself, and I like that. I like that. It's a little bit different. Huh? That's it. Man, I love me that first one though. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, first one. So I would have put that on the list. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it was, you know. there you go. Amanda, Dream Warriors. Everybody say everybody says Dream Warriors. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, my number one is a tad bit of a cop out, I guess. Is it? I think so. Um, I'm. Uh, I don't consider Aliens as much of a horror film as I do Alien. Like Alien is a true horror film to me, mm-hmm. right? That's it's straight up horror film in space. Aliens is a military film. It's like a great war film. It is is one is probably one of the better like war films I've ever seen. 
That said, it is a sequel to a horror film. So I have to count it. Even though I, it's not much of a horror film itself, it, it's got horror elements. But you get what I'm saying. It's more of just like this, this you know, oh, yeah. military film as opposed to a horror film. Mm-hmm. But it's great. I caught I caught some of it the other night, and it's like, man, I love this film. <laughs> it's a classic, yeah. Uh, it's 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 so good. There's no doubt about it. I'm a big damn. Fan is it good? It. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You look back and you think, man, James Cameron used to really kick ass. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I. It boggles the mind. Like, I used to think Terminator Two was you know probably the tops of my action films and i used to think it's like well terminator 2 is the best thing that cameron's done mm-hmm. aliens aliens whoa aliens better than terminator better than terminator 2 aliens it's a bold statement yeah marty's also saying really don't think that's horror hashtag guff i, I, I framed it properly come yeah, on we can just i framed it like that slide that over like that and just <laughs> alien <laughs> Well, I mean, Alien is is hell. Yeah, I know it. horror film. Yeah. Um, it's I, th- I think uh, I've mentioned on my old podcast that Alien flip flops uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre as my favorite horror film. Mm. Like it really between Alien and and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, if I watch one of them, it instantly will boost that to number one, and then when I watch <laughs> the other one, it, they're interchangeable. But Aliens. Uh, Gotcha. Great film. It it is a horror sequel, so I count it. Uh, you're number one. My number one. And if you watched last week, you knew I was going to pick it. I said I was going to pick it. You did. Exorcist three. Well, how it's do you fun. come back from one of the worst sequels in the history of films? <laughs> you make Exorcist three. It's fun. It's, it's so, good. so good. I love how grounded it is. I love how realistic it feels, for the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do love that George. I mean, just throw George C. Scott in, and you're already ahead of the game. He is so good as the detective, working these murders. He's old. He's tired. His friends are all old and tired. It's just it, I, I love it so much. With that being said, the stupid, tacked-on exorcism at the end of the movie that the studio forced on Blatty, it really doesn't work that well. Right, but. Somewhere out there, they still have the footage. They still have the original cut. Right. You know, for the love of God, someday, somebody, please release the real cut of Exorcist 3. Yeah, I was was actually uh, looking up on IMDb as we're talking. Mm. Fantastic. George C. Scott kills it. Brad Brad Dorf kills it. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. All right. So good. So good. And I just, it's just, I, it's hard to quantify exactly why it works so well, but it's the feel. It just, it really feels like you're really there. It, it has a, a, such a perfectly grounded feel where you can accept that these kinds of, you know, a detective might have to solve a supernatural case like this. And it, yeah, I really appreciate it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's good stuff. Will Stevenson saying, uh, Oh, but Avatar was such a memorable original film that people still talk about. Not really. <laughs> yeah, Will, you're <laughs> you're right on, man. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's right. Avatar had the pop culture impact of Home Improvement. Who talks about Home Improvement anymore? Nobody. Who talks about Avatar anymore? Nobody. Uh, I've never seen Avatar, and the main reason I never saw Avatar is because I didn't see it in theaters, and I saw no point in seeing it at home. <laughs> you know, while I was watching Avatar in the theater in 3D, I thought, Jesus, I'm so glad I'm not watching this in 2D. Otherwise, I think I'd want to kill myself. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's one of those things. Like, if I saw it in theaters, you know, that would be the only time I would watch it. Mm-hmm. That's Good a, list. That's our Good list. list. Yeah. That's yeah. our list. Uh, we are coming in technically under the uh, time limit, but we have a, we'll, we'll be a couple minutes over this week. Oh, yeah, we will be. Um, so Will saying that we inspired him to expand his horizons and watch more horror films. Thank you, Will. Thank you, everyone that hung out, watched the show, and, and participated in the chat. We really appreciate it. We're going to close out this episode of Movies and Stuff show. Please make sure to like. If you like the video, <clears throat> Amanda, please like. Comment below, subscribe to us, 
over here at YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Movie Stuff Show. If you listen to us on iTunes or listen to us on SoundCloud, thank you for doing so. Please like us there, follow us there, or swing on by to YouTube and watch us live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, whatever, Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Tuesdays. We will be back next Tuesday to discuss the horror film Motivational Growth. This was an episode that we did in our old podcast. We're redoing it. But we air a great interview we did with Jeffrey Combs. We'll also have some other stuff to talk about. We always have stuff to talk about. Uh, Again, thank you everyone that watched. Catch you later. Abe, final words? How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Later. Bye. Okay. The best horror sequels. Um, it, it was supposed to be a top five, but um, I, it has to be six because I couldn't rule one of them out. But so, here goes. The Exorcist 3. Now, after the massive pile of excrement that was uh, John Borman's Exorcist 2, William Peter Blatty, the writer of the original, came and did it how it was supposed to be done. And of course, George C. Scott rules. Um, I hear that they, they are now making a director's cut of this, which should be coming out soon, so it will be very interesting. Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. Now, this one does exactly what a sequel is supposed to do. It expands the mythology and the scope of the original, because original, while it is a classic, the budget limits are very clearly shown in the kind of claustrophobic setting it has. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Now, this didn't do very well in box office at the time, which is probably probably due to the fact that Toby Hooper kind of he did not go for that uh, absolutely relentless terror of the original, but instead made it sort of a black comedy. Well, it's still pretty relentless, but it's also pretty goddamn funny. Halloween 3. Um, you have to give John, Car- John Carpenter and Deborah Hill a lot of credit for trying to do something a bit more original and kind of try to make Halloween an anthology series, but unfortunately they made uh, Michael Myers too big of a, too good of a villain, so the audiences wanted more of the masked man instead of some pretty original and quite nasty piece of work as this one is. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, one of the most entertaining movies ever made. Now, I know there's a lot of debate over whether this is a sequel or a remake, but, you know, it has a number after the title. Chase fucking closed. And, of course, Dawn of the Dead, which uh, is... um, uh, This is for Sean, especially. I mean... Not only a great horror sequel, but one of the best movies ever made. So there, there's my list. Thank you. Great. So I was asked to say something about horror movies, maybe like a top five sequels thing. Um, That's generally what we do here at movies and stuff and other things. Um, but I don't really do horror. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of bad movies, but not a lot of horror movies. Um, and those generally overlap a lot. So statistically, I should be an expert. Um, I do have the unique distinction of maybe being the only human being alive who's seen, like, every Hellraiser sequel. So, um, I'm just going to talk about those for a minute. Um... So I guess the um, the fifth best one is probably uh, the random one where it was really just like a crime procedural. And then in like the last five minutes, Pinhead shows up and you're like, what? Um, the fourth best one 
is probably um, the one where it was like a random crime procedural. And at the end, Julia shows up and she's like, what? You thought you were going to sell me out to the Cenobites? Hell no, bitch. Um, The third best one is probably the one with the old man who buries the kids alive. Um, And then Pinhead shows up for like the last five minutes again. Uh, The second best one is probably like actually the second sequel. And then the number one very best one is um, Hellraiser in space. Because in space, uh, it really, that's the pinnacle of every horror series. Um, And I don't think you can argue with logic like in space. Maybe in space or like with dinosaurs. Like Hellraiser with dinosaurs is the only thing that could give Hellraiser in space a run for its money. And so that's really... I think we already reached the extent of all of my knowledge about horror movies. So um, maybe next year for Halloween, I can rank all of the Jason movies or something. All right. Good night.